Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It was a life-changing point for me because I met Michael and he simply shared his story and that absolutely blew me away because he basically told me how he was able to amass 14 properties at that time and use that to quit his job. And I go, freak, this is just amazing. You know, this guy is around my age and he was able to achieve what I would not even think about. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode on Property Investory, we're chatting to David Shee, an IT project manager who has amassed seven properties for his property portfolio in his spare time. David Shee works as an IT project manager during the day but his real passion is in property investing. So I usually say the real business of, you know, my real business is actually property investing um, and uh, building a property portfolio. So usually I, uh, I start the morning around 6.30, um, commute to work um, because of the fact that I'm a project manager. Sometimes I do have to go to a client or I go back to the office in the city. So and on that, you know, during that trip, I usually just listen to maybe a podcast, you know, um, um, just to educate myself. And um, when I'm picking in the work, manage the team on implementations, um, you know, do all the usual project management we do, review update plan, meetings to report, etc, etc. So I work in the ERP implementation space. Um, We implement Microsoft uh, Dynamics AX, uh, which is an ERP software that Microsoft has launched um, to battle against SAP. Um, as per se. So uh, we do implement new implementations um, for our clients uh, in that area. Unfortunately, because it's a very busy day, I have very limited opportunity to check up on um, property investing stuff, um, unfortunately just the nature of the life. Um, and then um, I'll get off work around 6, um, get home around 7, have dinner, do a bit of chores, um, spend time with the family. When he was young, she and his family moved countries several times before settling down in Australia. I was uh, born in Taiwan um, and um, when I was 11, the family immigrated to New Zealand. Okay, so um, we stayed in Auckland for uh, about five years and um, while I attended the primary, basically uh, when I was 16, um, the um, my dad sort of uh, said, look, you know, there's not much job opportunity in New Zealand. Um, do we want to move um, to Australia instead? So uh, at that point in time, that was the second immigration when uh, the family decided that we should uh, move to Sydney for a brighter future. Um, so I arrived here when I was 16 uh, in Sydney, gone through high school, university, and uh, luckily got a job and um, pretty much settled uh, with the family here. 
I did uh, computer engineering back uh, in uh, University of Sydney, um, and that's what sort of led me into the IT industry when I started off my job. Shi's parents' background in property investing didn't resonate with him until a later stage. The big impact came from the dad. Um, so he was a very successful property investor uh, in Taiwan. He's got uh, good portfolios there. And part of the reason that he was able to retire as he goes overseas was because of that, um, um, that property portfolio. And um, essentially, when he goes overseas, he's retired and he was able to just live uh, and obviously live with the family based on that uh, rental income that's generated in Taiwan. So um, that's what really sort of sparked me uh, when I was thinking. And look, the second, the second thing was basically like most Asian parents, um, they would always want to push their kids into buying a property. That's just the nature of Asian parents. My parents are the same. Um, so when I was around 20, as soon as I graduated, they go, you start saving and start getting into property. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really interested. I was like, okay, well, I'm only in my early 20s. Why the hell would I want to get myself in such a big debt? Um, so, you know, unfortunately, that uh, mindset didn't click until, uh, until later stage when I, when I finally realized, okay, I've got to do something different. Um, from others in order to uh, quit the rat race. When he did become interested, his father was able to shine a light on how to go about investing into property, despite the differences between the Taiwanese and Australian markets. A lot of the concepts are probably the same. I mean, the, the principles of property investing is probably very similar, but um, it's just obviously the, the nature and obviously the market is quite different in that sense. So he obviously educated me on a lot of principles and helped me a lot in my early days um, with, with that kind of education and leading me step by step in terms of what you should be thinking and what sort of property you should be looking at. Um, but um, look, you know, like in terms of the actual purchases and, you know, the type of properties, uh, unfortunately, it's a different market. So he couldn't quite provide as, um, you know, a, a, as, uh, as good advice as he as if I was buying in Taiwan today. Um, so that sort of things I still need to figure out myself. And hence, obviously, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, but having said that, yes, he did have a, um, you know, basically during property one and property two, he's had a lot of key decisions with me and guided me through in my early days, so which I was really grateful for. Fantastic. And do you know when your dad started back investing in property in Taiwan at roughly what age? I think he started around 26, 25, 26, so a very young age. Oh, okay. And what about yourself? When did you get started in the property investing cycle or the journey? Funny enough, I was also started around 26. But when I look back, I said, why, why he didn't push me when I was 22 or 23? But uh, that was a separate story then. Still, 26 is still quite young to be investing in property. You know, a lot of people don't even get started until much later in their life. So, you've had a very, very good head start, which is fantastic. Thanks, Tyrone. Yes, uh, look, at, I do agree with that. And to be honest, like, you know, when I, when I look back, I, I would say around that time, I just wanted to enjoy life. Uh, and I think it's just the mindset about good debt and bad debt as well. Like, you know, that didn't kick in. And um, basically, it's just uh, when you're young, you just want to basically be able to enjoy life and didn't, you know, and I certainly wasn't feeling like property investment is something that I wanted to do at that time. That's probably the last thing in the back of my mind. 
and especially when you just get into a job as well, you will be very, very, you know, obviously very driven in terms of trying to do. So most of my time at that time was really spent on um, obviously in my careers um, and how I should plan out my career. So not until a later stage when obviously that mindset has changed a lot. His career in IT began with early work experience while he was still studying at university, which gave him an advantage over his peers. I was lucky enough to uh, get a... um, So during my work experience in my third year of uni, I was able to encounter my current employer. Um, So they took me on as a obviously a work experience student at that time. Um, I did three months and um, I guess uh, the work I did was okay. So I was being offered a part-time position in my fourth year of uni. And I thought, oh great, that's a great opportunity for me because if I can get onto this bandwagon, I wouldn't need to go through the interviews or and compete with other thousands of graduates as they, you know, as we all graduate from uni, of course. So that's what I had. I basically uh, took on the opportunity in my fourth year, worked part-time and studied part-time. And uh, when I graduated, basically they offered me a full-time job um, and uh, so I consider myself pretty lucky from that. And um, since then, I've actually moved, uh, that was the starting position of that was I started off as a uh, engineer, as a network engineer um, and then worked my ranks up uh, over the years. Um, and then a couple of years back, I realized that uh, unfortunately the network engineer side of things has started to get outsourced uh, and there's not much future uh, as such in that role. That's why at that point in time, I decided to look for other opportunities. And fortunately, the company did have other project managers who just left the company. So I raised my hand and I go, I want to give this a try. And that's how I basically got to uh, where I am. So still with the first employer at this point. Uh, and look, I have to say I'm very fortunate um, without having much competitions in the, in the, in the beginning and also was able to um, save a lot, um, obviously, across uh, from day one to be able to uh, try to get into the property market. She's father's encouragement for him to begin his property investing journey set in by the time he turned 26. At that time, he was actually the one who brought me to all sorts of different property seminars, look at different type of um, opportunities. Um, you know, we went through like Iron Fish, uh, Property Investors Alliance, PIA, all those different type of um, uh, off-the-plan sellers, as per se. Um, and basically, he brought me to the attention of uh, first property where he said, okay, look, you know, here is an opportunity for you. It's, um, it's, a, it's an off the plan, but it does have five-year rental guarantee. Um, so, you know, the numbers seems to be fairly decent. Are you interested or not? So I thought, okay, well, look, you know, the upside of that is I don't have to worry about whether it's rented or not. I've got five years rental guarantee. So, you know, for the next five years, basically, I don't have to worry about it. So it's really just a set and forget type of property. And I thought that suits me pretty well because I'm still very focused on my career at that point in time. And obviously, given um, seeing what dad was able to achieve to date um, and that's why I thought, okay, well, look, you know, I'll take a look at this opportunity um, and um, basically took it on um, at that time. Now, given it's an off the plan, um, obviously a couple of things as I look back, you know, it was um, 
it was a lot more expensive than the median price at that time. So the property is in Granville. Um, I bought it for 360000 at that point in time. It was a two-bedroom, two-bathroom, um, one-garage unit. The median price in Granville back in 2009 was around 280 So, you know, I, I pay 360 obviously factoring all the rental guarantees uh, in there as well, and it's brand new and spanking. Um, but anyway, that was how I sort of first got in. Um, essentially, it was just dad taking me into um, say, you, you should probably consider this. And I thought, yep, that's okay. That fits where I wanted to be at that point in time without having to think too much about worrying about the property. So, I thought I might as well jump in. However, purchasing an off-the-plan property is something that has become a lesson she's investing journey. Because it's an off-the-plan, I signed a contract in 2009, but it didn't settle until 2011. Having said that, yeah, look, you know, over the years, as they say, time heals um, the wounds uh, in property. So it still had its growth in 2013, 2014, and 2015 uh, in the last Sydney Peaks. So it's done really well. Um, but uh, having said that, if you ask me what I want to buy another off the plan again, I will probably say no today. So first of all, rental guarantee um, is, is obviously something that I'd see that developers now put that into the sales price. And secondly, you know, compare that with the, um, with the average median price around the area. Um, obviously, if I would have known, would I, would I, if I would have got the knowledge that I have today, I wouldn't have made that purchase. Um, and also another lesson learned was that um, the, the quality of the building was actually quite poor. Uh, at the moment, it's got some leaking issues uh, around the whole apartment lot. So I am actually, you know, not just me, but obviously all the lot owners are currently paying a lot of legal fees to try to have, try to get that issue sorted because we're currently in a lawsuit, law case with the developer. The second property he bought was intended to be his family home. So I, I then saved up a couple of years and the second one uh, I bought in 2013 and um, that's our current uh, PPOR. So uh, we're, that's our home at the moment. Um, it was a two-bedroom unit, um, you know, those uh, walk-up, three-level walk-up type of all type of three-bedroom units. So, And um, essentially at that time, it was... Um, I needed. I wanted to buy somewhere to live because my fiance at that time was moving from Canberra, so she obviously wanted to move in with me. So that's why that's a re- reason why we wanted to buy at that time. Um, and I was glad that we made that. Uh, we we jumped in because at that time when I was looking around Hornsby, um, it was um, it was the Sydney market's gone gangbusters at that time. It took uh, me about three months and more uh, on a weekly inspection routine. And, um, you know, obviously I lost out a lot of opportunities as well, but I just had to keep, you know, keep going for three months. And this one, it was the first inspection out of, I forgot it was whether six or seven. Um, So, you know, we took 10 minutes uh, in and out, check to make sure there's nothing serious, um, and then ask the agent for a copy of the contract. on, on the spot. So I received the contract on Saturday night, reviewed it just to check there's no issues and made an offer basically just on Sunday. And uh, on Monday, they came back and go, congratulations, you've got two other competitors, but not they're not willing to pay more than you. Therefore, you've got the property. Coming up after the break, we'll continue on Xi's property investing journey, finding out what he learned from his mentor. 
it was a life-changing point for me because I met Michael and he simply shared his story and that absolutely blew me away because he basically told me how he was able to amass 14 properties at that time and use that to quit his job. His worst investing moment? Whilst the purchasing process is in play, um, I've engaged a builder um, to give me quotes, uh, etc, etc. The problem with that is um, I've hit a dud builder. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Western Australia is tipped to be the next property hotspot. If you're looking to invest and build in WA, take advantage of the affordable land market and record build times with Plunkett Homes. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build to find out why they are WA's most established home builder. With over 150 years of experience, Plunkett Homes helps you develop turnkey homes across WA. To get your fixed price demolition or site works and to maximize profits and minimize time, visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build. And now back to the show. Today, the combined value of his first two properties is around $1.1 million compared to when he purchased the Hornsby property for $438,000 in 2003. Since then, he has accumulated seven properties in total with the additional guidance from his mentor. Since 2013, basically, I saved up again um, about around 2015 when I was ready to go again. Now, at that time, I was juggling where I should go um, and you know, I was thinking whether I should buy something else in Sydney. So I had I actually spent about a couple of months researching Sydney and attending to open inspections. Didn't quite get anywhere just because the market is way too hot at that point in time. Um, and, um, and, and, and basically, I was just, I wasn't sure where I was going to go. I then started looking around Southeast Queensland. Um, so I started doing my research because obviously Southeast Queensland's properties, the numbers would stack up more. So um, that's where I started. I look into Southeast Queensland and basically, I just go through um, educating myself. Um, to make sure I've got the knowledge because it's the first time trying to buy interstate and to be honest, that was a lot of challenge for me. So it's, it was around that time when I encountered the property chat forum, the online property chat forum, which has provided invaluable resources and a lot of knowledge in that forum and more importantly, that's how I met my current mentor, Michael Shah. So in 2015, it was um, it was a changing it was a life changing point for me because I met Michael and he simply shared his story and that absolutely blew me away because he basically told me how he was able to amass 14 properties at that time and use that to quit his job and I go freak this is just amazing you know this guy is around my age and he was able to achieve what I would not even think about at this point in time so that was really kind of my aha moment and I go okay well I need to learn from this guy about how I um how he was able to do it and how he was able to quit his corporate this way. So obviously, you know, we worked together. He provided me a lot of the knowledge. He guided me along the way about the next property purchase. So what is she's ultimate goal now that he's built up his portfolio? 
the end goal is really just to allow me to wake up and do whatever I want and go, you know, basically do whenever, do things that whenever I wanted. Um, and to be able to have that passive income that comes in and provide me the freedom to be able to do that thing. So that's the end goal. Um, and that's the reason why I'm doing property investing. Um, partly because I have a passion in property, but I'm also aware as I as the knowledge evolves, basically I'm just using it as a vehicle to be able to generate equity so that it can speed up that process to be able to provide that passive income at the end of the day. In order to achieve this, he is aiming high to acquire wealth through passive income. I would say it has to be around 2.6 mil unencumbered. So yeah, just on assuming a 5% uh, rental, that'll give me about 100k uh, passive income. Passive income, fantastic. Okay, and how many properties would you say you need to actually purchase in order to do that? Or maybe it probably wouldn't be amount of properties, maybe how long would you say you need to be able to get to that stage? What kind of goal did you have in terms of time frame? Yeah, I'm giving myself about uh, 10 to 15 years um, to try to hit that because the, the, the idea behind that is uh, in Australia, I guess, property in general doubles pretty much 7 to 10 years uh, in general. Um, so that's why I want to give myself roughly one to two cycles to be able to get that whilst I'm still in the accumulation phase at the moment. For Shi, the most stressful moment of his property investing journey occurred when he placed his faith in the wrong person, when he considered doing some renovations to one of his properties. So, property four is the one that's in uh, Woodridge. So, the property actually required a bit of work and when I initially purchased the property, I know that I do want to do a bit of work to a cosmetic reno to try to get the kitchen and uh, bathroom updated. So, whilst whilst the purchasing process is in play, um, I've engaged a builder um, to give me quotes, uh, etc, etc. The problem with that is um, I've hit a dud builder. Um, So, what happened was the had a really old kitchen and bathroom um, and I basically visited the place uh, along with the builder. Now, how do I met the builder? The, my property manager, which I had a really good trusting relationship, she was the one who referred me to this builder. Okay, So because of that trust that we have established, um, I didn't quite question the, 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 the builder uh, in terms of the licenses and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, we met in person. We spoke in a lot of times. I mean, the PM even showed me a blueprint of a renovation that this builder was doing for another client. So all these indications sort of, you know, um, even though I had a bit of doubt in the beginning and I said I really should be doing this, but, um, you know, having having seen a lot of proof uh, as per se, I, uh, I didn't take the precaution steps to verify his license, identity, and basically just simply trusted that relationship that I had with the PM at that time and uh, engaged the builder. So when I went back to the when I came back to Sydney after the trip, obviously we exchanged texts. We agree on the scope of work to be done, which is a renovating the bathroom and renovating the kitchen, um, and obviously swap some carpets, replace carpets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I signed off on the work order and paid the deposit. We agree on the start date, but the builder basically done the runner. 
Um, yeah, so, um, you know, they never showed up to do the work. I called, I emailed, I texted, I do, I did, I tried to go through all sorts of avenues that I can think of, but essentially it just, it just didn't get anywhere. And, you know, um, I've also seek help from QBCC, from the QCAT, um, which, and even reported to police, but, uh, unfortunately just didn't quite get anywhere. So, um, the builder basically just um, just just disappeared. Um, took the deposit. Luckily, when I when I look back, it was a painful experience. But at that time, you know, I was literally thinking, okay, I'm losing. You know, I'm, I'm not not just because the property is not rented out. I've also lost my deposit. What do I need to do to try to get it back and running? So you know, it was really a painful mental grill at that point in time um, and that's definitely counted as one of my work experiences so far. So now what has happened to that particular property since then? The original plan was to actually complete the renovation towards December um, but obviously that didn't happen so the PM and I tried to work on getting the property rented out as is um, but unfortunately it just didn't get much uh, interest and also on top of that it was during the Christmas period so there wasn't much uh, attractions to people at all. So after the December period I kind of bite the bullet and I said I think I need to get this done because I can't rent the property out as is and you know I'm just basically sitting on it right now. So I've actually engaged a local project manager just uh, from again from the property chat forum from someone who's referred. Um, I met up with the project manager in person uh, ensure that um, obviously she's all legit, uh, she's got licenses and you know we we looked at um, the property, we went through the plans um, and basically get it renovated um, across January. So um, she basically managed it for me locally just because unfortunately I was going to project manage it myself remotely with the previous builder. But now given that he's done a runner, um, I couldn't basically take that risk again, try to, you know, try to make another mistake along that line. So I would rather spend a bit more money and making sure that the work is done properly and done to a quality um, and, um, and, and, and obviously trusting myself and trusting who I find and trusting what I have verified. Um, the end result was fantastic. Um, you know, it, it, the reno was done to, to a great quality despite the fact it was probably an extra 10000 um, from what I originally ballparked. But um, the outcome was good and it was rented out basically in February. So uh, that took the pressure off a little bit then. She is excited about achieving his goals and being able to use the equity from his investment properties to continue to grow his portfolio. We've been using our equity, we've been drawing down the equity to, to obviously so that we can buy aggressively in the last um, two years or so. But having said that, we still have the habit of saving up. So right now, we essentially just park our savings in the offset for our PPOR because that's not tax deductible. Um, and we just use the equity to fund against our investment purchases to maximize from tax benefits. Inspired by David Shee's property investing journey, we'll continue the conversation in a future episode of Property Investory where we'll discover what held him back from investing in property 
I think the fear of unknown is probably the main reason why I procrastinated in the uh, in the early days. Because um, when I look back again, apart from the fact that I want to enjoy life, the other thing was I could not understand why people want to take out such a big loan and want to pay and take out such a big debt uh, at at that time. Success habits that have contributed to his success. I have limited time after hours, but you know, whenever that I do have some breaks, and I just again I use that to check listings, do my due diligences,、um, and try to obviously you know attend to any other、uh, you know property matters as such. And that's next time on a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. You can text me your email address to zero four ninety nine eighty eight ten forty to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors, where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies, and much more. Simply text me your email address to zero four ninety nine eighty eight ten forty to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.